You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jenny Warns, Discipleship Director at the Birmingham campus, and I want to say welcome on behalf of all of us here at Kensington. We're so glad you've joined us today, whether in person or online. Top of my list this morning, Happy Mother's Day. There is no role I cherish more than being a mom to my four kids. It's such a gift and a sacrifice, right? We want all of you moms to feel celebrated today for the countless ways you've poured into your kids and shown unconditional love. This is the last week of the family series, so I want to tell you what's on the horizon. I'm excited about this next series. We're calling it Go, and we think it's going to inspire you in a special way. Here's Craig McGlasson to tell us more. So when you think about being a follower of Jesus, you can't help but deny that that means so many different things. It means being loving, being patient, being generous, being fearless. But one of the things that it's not is being stagnant. Status quo is not something that Jesus taught, and it's not how he ever lived. In the book of Matthew, when you get to the end of it, you can read some of Jesus' words when he was teaching some of his followers. And what he once said to them was, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you, even to the very end of the age. I think one of the words in that verse, it deserves attention is the word go. It is a small word, but it is a powerful word. We believe, as a matter of fact, that it's such an important word that we're gonna spend the next four weeks learning together what it means for our lives. What does it look like for us to bring the good news of Jesus to our friends and our neighbors? Why is starting new churches so important and where do we fit into that work? Will we raise our hands when God asks, who do I have? Why should we be concerned about the remote places of the earth? What we're gonna do in the next couple of weeks is reintroduce you to our newest global partner in Northern India the Timothy Initiative. And we're gonna invite you to eventually partner with them in spreading the truth of who Jesus is. This is a group that truly is living out what it means to go, and we are super excited for you to see why it is that we at Kensington are joining six other local Metro Detroit churches to support the vision that God has given this amazing group in Northern India. Today, God is still on the move every bit as much as he ever has been in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces, across the state, the country, and frankly, all four corners of the earth. He is inviting you and I, us together, to be a part of what it is that he's doing. Let's go. Thanks, Craig. I can't wait. The other opportunity I wanted to share is for the kids. Summer camps. My girls love when Spring Hill Day camps come to town. And I know that a fun, faith-building outlet is what a lot of our elementary kids need after the past year. So let me tell you what we have coming this summer. Spring Hill Day Camps is visiting several locations and bringing incredible activities and lessons to kindergarten through fifth graders. Kaleo Spark Camp is back at three of our permanent locations and inspiring elementary students with their confidence-building program that features singing, dancing, and acting. Vacation Bible School at our Clinton Township campus is being offered evenings the week of June 21st. And this one just in, not only for kids, but for the whole family, a one-day Rock Your Family event is being planned for August 21st. So get out your calendars and save the date. You can find all this info at kensingtonchurch.org camps. Again, thank you for joining us today. And happy Mother's Day.
go. Come on. Keep it up here because we want to celebrate each and every woman in this room right now. Happy Mother's Day because you know what? We are all mama bears. Whether you're a mama bear at your office, somebody is a mama bear to you, or you are the mama bear in the family, uh, we want to celebrate each and every one of you. So give a huge round of applause to all the ladies. That's right. I love it. We are so glad you're with us. Okay, I'll let you sit for now, but there's going to be a workout in a minute. Yeah. It's coming. Get ready. Yeah, get ready. Gear up. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are so excited to be a part of your day today, and we really are. We've kind of got this fun theme going of Mama Bear. And uh, I had the joy and honor of honoring my mom, who was here last service, and I think I totally embarrassed her, which was really super fun. <laughs> um, but I just want to share one Mama Bear moment with that lovely woman who is a pillar for me and always has been. Um, when I was a young mom, I had, was a single mom for quite some time, and um, my kids were having one of those, as I called it, play in the road days. Does anybody know what that means? My aunt coined that term, and that literally means that your kids are being so bad that you could open the front door and tell them to go play in the road, and you would not feel bad. <laughs> Does anybody know that day? Yeah. Thank you. This woman understands. That's Carrie, isn't it? That's Carrie. <laughs> I love it. Um, but it was that day. And I called this woman, my mother, my mama bear, in absolute sobbing tears. And I was like, Mom, if you are not here in 10 minutes, I'm opening the door, and I am not responsible. I have no, it's not my fault. She was in my house in 10 minutes, and she sat those kids down. I think they were like, you know, three, six eight and they're thinking what is happening grandma is mad she sits them down and she gets a wooden spoon from yeah oh yeah kicking it old school here she gets the wooden spoon from the kitchen and she sits those kids down and she says see this little girl right here she is my little girl and if you ever make her cry like this again grandma's coming back <laughs> those kids I don't know if my daughter is in this room yet but I swear to you they're all in their 20s now she is a mother of her own they remember this day. They remember the come to Jesus speech with grandma when she showed up to be my mama bear. So shout out to that. Everybody know that kind of moment? Shout right? out. So in honor of those crazy mama bear moments in our lives, um, shocking in perfect Kensington style, we're going to play a game. What do you think? You guys ready? Oh, come on. Be a little excited because I'm kind of excited. All right, so we are calling this, let's put it up there, the Mother's Day Mama Bear Celebration. So the reason it's a celebration is because each and every one of these crazy questions that is going up on this screen is something that one of the Kensington staff women has done at some point. So if you stand up to these and you are affirming that yes, you have done this, it's okay, because so have we. There is no judgment, there is no strife. It is all good and we are excited to celebrate with you. So here's how it's gonna work. If the question comes up on the screen and it is true for you in any way in your life, whether you did this for your kids or your mom did it to you or whatever it looks like in your mama bear journey, if it's true for you, we want you to stand up. This is where the workout comes in, okay? So we're up if it's yes, we're sitting if it's no. And if you're joining us on the stream, we want you to take note of that phone number that is on the screen because after we're done with the game, you can text in and we have prizes for you guys on the stream as well. Okay, some of these are crazy. Are we ready to begin? Everybody gets it. On your feet for yes, sitting down for no. And question number one. Have you ever locked yourself in the bathroom to get a break from your kids? Amen. Yes. Thank you for being on 
honest. All right, we're gonna keep them rolling super fast. Received a gift card for yourself, but used it for your family. Yes, we've all done that. All right, keep them going. Bribed your kids with candy to get a good pick for social media. Yes, you have. And maybe you could do it today if you haven't done it yet. So there's that. Okay, called and yelled at a teacher, administrator, coach for singling out your kid. Right? Oh, yeah. I see you. All right. Okay, this one is so crazy to me. Been in the same house as your kids, but they still choose to send you a text. What is that? It's true, though. <laughs> okay. Have your kids ever told you they hated you, or did you tell your mom you hated her? Oh, I love the honesty in this room. This is good. All right, the next one. Okay, have you ever lied to a child and told them that their toy was broken because you did not want to hear it anymore? And kids, we do need to preface that we apologize for these crazy mom things that we do. And one day you will understand. Okay, we're gonna do a few more. Oh, come on, everybody's done this. Wiped your child's nose with your jacket or other body part. Yes? Yes, thank you. What else do we have? Discipline someone else's kid who is at your house. As you should have. Thank you very much. All right, we're doing two more. Lied and told the kids that McDonald's was closed. Ha, that's fantastic. All right, this is going to be our last one. What do we got? Ah, have you ever spent more time deciding on your children's outfit than you did your own. Ah, and there they are. The mama bears of Orion campus. All right, well, thanks for humoring me, guys. I appreciate that. And these two lovely ladies, Susan has some gifts. She was checking out the audience here, and she knows who the mama bears are. So she's got some stuff for some people. And uh, Nicole's out there passing some stuff out too. But seriously, we are so thrilled that you chose to spend part of your Mother's Day with us. And we are going to kind of shift things now and go into a song that really takes us to the heart of where we are going today. So prepare your hearts for this. And again, we're so glad you're here. Ever who we are 
Outside of my windows are the mountains and the snow. I hold you while you're sleeping, and I wish that I could go. All my rowdy friends are out accomplishing their dreams. I am the mother of Evangeline. And they've still got their morning paper and their coffee and their time. And they still enjoy their evenings with the skeptics and the wine. Oh, but all the wonders I have seen, I will see a second time. From inside of the ages through your eyes You are not an accident when no one thought it through The world that stood against us made us mean to fight for you And when we chose your name we knew that you would fight the power too You're nothing short of magical and beautiful to me I'll never hit the big time without you So they can keep their treasures and their ties to the machine Cause I am the mother of Evangeline They can keep their treasure and their ties to the machine Cause I am the mother of Evangeline Furniture people, we need our stuff. Let's go. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We're, we're going to talk for a minute, even while they're bringing our stuff up. It's a little bit late, you guys, but thanks for getting the flowers this time. That's good. All right. Quick brief introduction again, guys. My name is Susan Welsh. I am part of the team here at Orion, and I'm really excited to get to talk with you today on Mother's Day. We have a great message for you, and uh, I get to have a minute to show my family, so let me throw that picture up there real quick. And I am bossy like this all the time, so there you go. All right. Guy on the left, all of my kids, I have four kids. They're all in their 20s, so 22, 4, 6, and 8. And they are all far more intelligent than I am, so I am learning a lot from them because they know everything. It's just amazing. So, guy on the left, that's Matthew. He's my gift from God. We've got Madeline to his right. Joe, the smiley one, born like that. Those old people in the center are my husband and I. The girl on the right, that is my daughter-in-law, Shannon. I did my best work with her. And she is married to my son, <laughs> Alex, who's on the far right. So that is my crew. They're pretty great. <laughs> awesome. And you guys get to hear from Susan and I today. So Susan is the campus director here. So we're, I'm, I am really excited to be with you this morning. Um, I am Craig's wife. I'm Nicole. I'm, that is my AKA is Craig's wife. So if you ever, like, if you ever meet me, I'll be like, I'm Craig's wife. Uh, oh, my name's Nicole. Um, anyways, and I have three kids, uh, which you probably hear Craig talk about often. Uh, one who is 18. 18, like, I, I don't know if you have an 18-year-old or if you've been in that place before, but it, it's literally blowing my mind. It's, it's, he, he'll stay out till all hours of the night sometimes, and I cannot go to sleep. 
So this is a whole new world for me. And then those are my 14-year-old daughters, Jocelyn and Corinne. And um, so this is my mug for this morning. I am a teenage daughter survivor. <laughs> I am believing God for that. Um, so that is where we are at in our lives right now. And, um, you know, um, Susan, worst mama bear moment this week. First, mine for this week? Yeah. Well, first of all, right now, standing in front of the mirror, all I can see is my backside, and I don't appreciate that. So that's how <laughs> they just got back at me, for sure. I'm going to go, because my kids are a little bit older, so I'm going to just go back to what I think is probably one of the more classic ones. One of my kids, who shall remain unnamed, I have so many, uh, started high school, he was pretty small. He just a little blonde guy, pretty small, pretty frail. And I remember dropping him off the first few weeks and seeing like these men come out and I was like, man, how's that going? And I could just tell something was going on. And basically I found out that he was getting bullied a little bit because he was pretty loud. Like he thought he was bigger than he was and he's, it wasn't going over super well. So like any good mother, I just went and got a job at the school that entire year. So <laughs> in the learning center and uh, t actually helping kids with algebra, which I, I faked that in big time. <laughs> and if oh your kids gosh. didn't do one well in algebra sometime like around 2017, 18, I'm probably the reason. Oh that my is gosh. my mom oh my moment. Yeah. Do you have one? I think and, you might have I'm one. Sure you're, I'm sure who, whichever son it was loved it. Oh, he yeah. He loved we, having his mom yeah, at school with him. He wanted him to have lunch with me every day. School. Um, yeah. Not good. So my worst mama bear moment this week. Well, I mean, there's always a few, but Tobin is 18. He has commencements and graduation this year. And his school printed the announcements for the commencements with all the wrong information. So I'm calling, trying to get these fixed. And, you know, I was trying to be like a nice but firm mama kind bear. Kind of church lady? Did you swear? No. Oh, no okay, swearing. Fine, no, no swearing. Fine. I, no swearing. I passed. Okay. I passed. Oh, all right. With flying colors. Wait, so, wait. hey, you know, this is the last week of the family series. And um, we started it with dads and we are ending it with mothers. And, you know, today we're just kind of going into women seeing ourselves as the Imago Dei seeing ourselves as image bearers of God. And um, one of the things that I was really thinking about this week was, you know, you see your image from looking in a mirror. And we brought a mirror here today. And I was telling Craig this past week that, um, you know, when we sit at the dinner table oftentimes with our kids, um, you know, we'll be like, that is so Hood. Hood is my maiden name. That is so McGlasson. That's your side of the family, right? And so I was sitting there thinking like when God created us in Eden, he, he breathed, he picked up dust and he breathed into Adam and he said, this is your image. This is, this is my image in you, in Adam, in that moment. And then when he took the rib from Adam, and he formed Eve. He was like, hey, Eve, this is who you are as an image bearer of me. And um, so I was thinking that when God sees us living out his image on the earth, he's like, that is my daughter. Yes. That is my son. That's so good. And they are living out the image that I created them for. So that was kind of like where I just really settled into this, just this thought process. And so I wanted to read a quote to you from Christianity Today. It said, it said, imagine the next time you go to use a mirror and you find it shattered. In looking at the mirror, what do you see? A distorted, fractured, and fragmented image. As a result, the mirror no longer gives you a whole and complete picture. It's not that it ceased to be a mirror. 
It still offers a reflection. The image is distorted and damaged. Humanity was created to be the image of God, the mirror of God. The image of God is not so much something we possess as what we are. Mm. To be human is to be the image of God. So, you know, we want to say, like, we know that we've all experienced brokenness. We're living on this side of heaven. And there is a little bit of a distorted image. But this morning, we want to just put forth to you as a woman what it means to mirror God, to have that Imago Dei. And we just want to set forth a clear vision of this for the women today. That's great. So I'm going to pray for us as we start. God, you are so good. And I am so grateful that we are able to be in this place today, God. And I just pray that you would settle our hearts in, settle our souls in to your word today, God, that we would be able to hear what you have to say to each one of us, even as we are male and female in this room, we are men and women who are bearing your image, God, that you would just help us settle in today and hear the words that you want to say to us, God. And we do honor moms for all the ways. We honor women for all the ways that they are living out their design in the world around us, God pray that you would just be present and be with us now. Amen. Amen. All right, let's grab a seat. So um, I'm, I'm curious, Nicole, how did you sleep last night? It, terrible. Did you? Absolutely terrible. But part of it is I have an 18-year-old. It's, it, that is part of it. But I was pretty excited and I was worried that I wasn't able to sleep. So um, I took some Tylenol PM and apparently you're only supposed to take one because I thought three. Like when I have a really bad headache, I really wanted to sleep. So I took a few and I hit my snooze a few too many times, didn't get to do my hair, which you know, is not, not always... Not it looks always great. Good. I know. It, it kind of looks the same before I even try, but... Anyway, um, I just wanted to get that out of there. And I also want to do a quick shout out to all the kids. I'm going to tell you guys, thanks for coming to church with your mom today because that's what she wants for Mother's Day. Shout out to you kids. I know when I taught in K-Kids for like 15 years, Mother's Day was by far the biggest holiday at Kensington because all the moms are like, I want to go to church. And what are you going to do on Mother's Day? You're going to go, right? So shout out to you guys. Thanks for being here today. They really want the K-Kids, so. Yeah, well, yeah, they love K-Kids because it's awesome. Yeah. All right, you guys, real quick, we're going to take our offering. And you know, here at Kensington, our offering is really about giving just a little bit back for all that the Lord has given us. Mm-hmm. And the very best part is that we do it all together. We link arms and that gives us so much opportunity to bless our communities and to bless the world around us. So there's a few different ways you guys can do that. You can text, you can go on the app, you can write a check. There's gonna be some buckets outside the door. So feel free to do that. And I also wanna give you a quick India update. So you guys remember last week we talked about, you know, here's the text in for India. We have a very strong and long-term relationship with some people there. We have built a hospital. You guys were above and beyond generous. As a matter of fact, and I I think I got a text saying, don't say the amount, but it was way more than double what we actually had even hoped for. So give yourself a hand for that, you guys. It was, seriously, I I am so grateful to be a part of this community. We were able to buy some more respirators. We were able to buy more beds, even beyond what they had originally asked for. So Thank you so much for being a part of that with us. It's, um, it's, it means a lot to those people. And as you saw in the video, they have really been hit hard. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm just grateful to all of you for doing that. So, hey, this morning we're going to start out with a few caveats. And the first one is just that 
we, we, Susan and I have been talking about our perceptions of what it means to be a woman yeah. and, um, and why we as women feel like we do. And we just want to make sure to say this morning that um, we are not here to sum up all of your experiences as women and what those may be like. We all have our individual story. And so we're not here to tell you what your story is. Mm-hmm. We're really here to talk about what God has to say about women. Um, so your story is your own, and God is doing something really great in it. Um, the second thing is, um, specifically to the men in the room, we, this, we're trying to just bring a deeper appreciation into how God has created women versus men in, in his image. So it, it is going to be high-end women um, being image bearers, but we just want to learn together what it means to live out that design and appreciate it. Yeah, and, and you know what, you guys are our partners anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so good for us to understand different things about one another because that just gives us so much more authority and power in the, in the territory that God has given us. Um, we just also wanna recognize that Mother's Day can be very painful mm-hmm. for some. Some women who may have, may want a child and haven't had a chance to have one. So we want you to know that motherhood and mothering, the mother heart of God, is not about giving birth. It's about who you are and how you interact with the world around you as God's image bearer. So remember that. That's really important for you to hear that. We all have the opportunity to have the mother heart of God as women, and we were created that way. So there's a few things that may be happening with you right now. When you hear the word mother, you may think, gosh, I'm kind of out of sorts with my own mom. We're not getting along right now. You may have lost your mother or lost a child. Mm -hmm. You may have a couple wayward kids. I do. Um, That you're just kind of like, man, I don't know what to do. And especially you moms with younger kids, 14 months of the pandemic, of not having any breaks at all, being teacher and chief cook Mm -hmm. and bottle washer, that's been really hard for you. And some of you may have mothered somebody by nurturing or mentoring, and that relationship just didn't turn out like you'd hoped it would. Mm -hmm. We want you to know today that you have every tool in your tool belt to go out there and just just conquer in this world is in the image of our Father. So you guys, this is the mother heart of God, and this is what you're going to hear about today from Nicole and I. And the other thing, the last caveat is really just, we aren't going to be talking about gender roles. So, um, you know, I think we can get stuck here at times where um, we're saying like, this is what women can and can't do and shouldn't do and men should do. And that is not where we're landing today. So I just want to make that abundantly clear. Um, This is how we are living out the design that God gave us. So we just wanted to make sure this is, This is clear from our part that we're talking about God's imprint on women. You know, I personally have been in the throes of this over the past two years, and I've been talking extensively to Susan about just the journey that God has been taking for me to understand who I am as a woman in in my family, uh, whether that's my immediate family at home or in my extended family, um, my workplace. And it's just kind of been sending me, not into a tailspin, but into just a very reflective place of who God has made me as a woman. And, um, you know, it's been, honestly, it's been both difficult and beautiful um, in the process, but it has really helped me to like wrestle with the Bible, to, to really look in scripture and see what we often don't see 
which is the story under the story, mm-hmm. and to see what God is doing and how he is moving parts in the story, particularly with women. And I'll go into a story a little bit later on with how that kind of has played out for me in reading scripture. Um, but, you know, we are just praying that this message helps you to see how valuable you are to God, yeah. uh, uniquely made in, in the Imago Dei, the image of God. Yeah. Um, so... Um, what about you, Susan? Well, I want to ask you, like, what your experience was like growing up, like growing up in the church and in your family as, as a female. Yeah, I mean, for, my experience was more that, you know, more of kind of what I said, which is like strength was sort of weakness. And, and if you were strong, you were overpowering. Um, and if you were meek, that that was a good thing. And so I'm starting to kind of relook at where is strength the way God has designed us. Like, and wh- how does that strength play out in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and then where, where do I need to embrace humility? Where do I need to embrace meekness right. in, in the story of what God is doing in my life? That's good, because as we've been preparing for this message, we just really realized that our upbringings were pretty different, mm-hmm. and our experiences have been different. And that's true of all of you in this room. So much of how we end up thinking of ourselves in our role as women is kind of a reflection of like our childhood, how our dads were, and what our life experience has been. For me, mine was not stereotypical at all. Um, my dad was just, he was awesome. We had a lot of kids in our family, and my dad with the girls was like, go big or go home. You got this. Go big, go home. No gender roles at all. The girls, you know, took out the trash. Sometimes the boys did the dinner. It was pretty equal opportunity across mm-hmm. the board. Um, I've also been really fortunate to have some amazing male bosses who have just been super encouraging. For the most part, there's a couple, you know, that are pretty lame. I'll mention them by name later. Um, (laughs) And my husband, you guys, is awesome. And we have some traditional gender roles in our house. Honestly, I cook most of the meals, but he takes out the trash 99% of the time and puts a bag back in, which I never do. He picks up the dog poop like 100% of the time, because I'm not going to do that. And you know what? He just does things that he knows that I don't want to do. And I don't want to say it's us working on our strengths, because I'm not really a great cook. And I think he's more capable than just of the dog poop stuff. But we just kind of, we honestly, we have a really comfortable rhythm in, in how these things work out for us. So we've not had the same experience in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I just think that that's kind of interesting for all of us because it really speaks into our experiences. But I do want to say, like many women, even with what I just said, as I've stepped into Scripture and read God's Word, I have stumbled in some of that Old Testament stuff. And honestly, especially early on, I just stumbled with some of the things that were said about women and some of the roles that we were given. And I really had to spend some time trying to understand that and trying Mm -hmm. to bring it forward to where we are today. And what I learned along the way is that what was happening, what our roles were, what was happening in the Garden of Eden in the Old Testament looks very different when Jesus came on the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane in the New Testament. Because when Jesus came, he saw women as image bearers in our original design. So as so much more than what we were portrayed in some mm-hmm. places in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. which most of that was man-made. I, I truly, I don't, I, I'm just so you know, I'm, I've really come to terms with how that was written and how it was explained in, in the, the role of the day. But I just feel like Jesus gave us this opportunity to really step into who we truly were created to be. And that's kind of where I've landed today. Yeah, yeah. So that is today where we're going to be. And we're going to be looking at women as Imago Dei 
and try to see ourselves through the lens of our creator and how he created us at Eden. And, and remember, like, this is how we are to live out God's, this is how we are actually designed to live out that um, image bearing. Um, but this is before sin. And we know that sin has come. Like, we can see, like I said, that distorted image sometimes. But today we're going to talk about how God set us up for that image bearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, in Genesis 1 through 2, we see that Eve was made in God, God's image. And there are four things we see about Eve at this, at this moment. Um, the first is that Eve would rule over the world with Adam. Um, God gave both Adam and Eve dominion. They, he gave them both the command to have dominion together, and together they were to rule. In Genesis 1, 26, it, God's, it says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So, you know, for me, I was like, what is dominion? I mean, I got to get into the, you know, into this. So dominion means to rule over or subdue, which is having authority and power. So before the fall, Adam and Eve were told by God to take what they had been provided in the garden and rule over it, almost as royalty taking care of their land. In an article I recently read, it describes dominion as this. As we exercise dominion over the created world, we do it knowing that we mirror God. We're not the originals, but the images, and our duty is to use the original God as our pattern, not ourselves. Thinking about the implications of this in our workplaces or our home, how would God go about doing our job? What values would God bring to it? Which people would God serve? What standards would God use? In what ways as image bearers of God should our work display the the God we represent? Dominion is not the authority to work against God's creation, which is kind of like that strength Mm -hmm. but untamed, but... Dominion is the ability to work for it, for God. God has given women and men dominion, authority. He's placed work to do, things that were put over, that we are given the ability and strength to accomplish by design. And we are each given unique opportunities, like my opportunities in the workplace or in my home are not going to necessarily be yours to exercise dominion and authority, but he gave it to both of us. He yeah. gave it to Adam and to Eve. So Susan, how has dominion played a role in your life? Well, dominion for me, I really, it's such a heavy word and it's just this kind of, I don't even know. It's, it feels a little foreign. We don't really talk about dominion a lot mm-hmm. today. And in typical fashion, I had to like help myself understand it by simplifying it quite a bit. And to me, it's just simply the territory that the Lord has given us some authority and strength over. So it's almost like a responsibility that the Lord is asking us to step into. And that's what dominion means to me. It's... Um, I'll give you an example. I, so in my role here, I'm the campus director at this, at this particular campus, and I remember stepping into that role, and for the first several weeks, I would step out into the parking lot. don't know why that's where it happened, but, and I'd look around, and I'd just be like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. This is such a privilege, and Lord, do you really think that I'm your girl for this? Because it seems like a really lot to me. 
And even um, right now, I'm currently sitting on the executive team at Kensington as well, and there's a lot of responsibilities and decisions. And, and sometimes I just say, really, God, is this, is this my territory? Because sometimes I'm just not sure I have what it takes. But in the end, what I truly believe is that God gave me every experience walking off to this point, yep. every experience growing up, um, you know, in school and in my workplace, leading up to this time that right now for such a time as this, he's given me this territory, this dominion, and because of that, because I know it's from him, I'm gonna take the strength and the authority that I need from him to do my best. So that's, that's really what dominion is to me. Yeah, in that yeah. and I know that even for me, like in my role, I work outside of the church and have been given like a position within that I'm managing people. And it's, it's just been an awesome thing to look at the way that God has wired me personally and said, this is, this is your territory. This is where I want you to have some level of authority and to rule over as he would rule. That's, right. I, to me, that's like the key, even in our families yeah. and that is as he would, would exercise that authority. So important, yeah. Uh, the yeah. second, uh, well, I shouldn't say that, Susan. Do you wanna hear the story? I do wanna hear okay, the story. Okay, so we, we decide if we're gonna tell the story if we have time or not, so I'll be really fast in this one. So I have a funny Dominion story, you guys. Probably, I don't know, I was probably like 10. We had a lot of kids in our family. It was Christmas, so that was a little while ago. And it was a pretty, you know, typical chaotic Christmas in a house with lots of kids. And there was a fight that broke out. And it kind of started over one of my brothers, David, got up and took the Christmas presents in the middle of the night and redistributed them. So the other, you know, six of us or so got like just a couple of things and he got a plethora of gifts. He got my guitar as a matter of fact. And we woke up and there was all that. So everybody was a little bit on edge. And then something happened. Uh, Somebody did wipe something from hair in someone else's hair. And you guys, I don't know what happened, but all you know what broke loose. WWE, full on fist fighting, biting. I mean, you guys, it was the brawl of the century and it went on for a couple minutes. So my mom, who's very small woman, just kind of stood and watched us. And I remember kind of watching her from the corner of my eye thinking, are you gonna get in here soon? Cause this isn't good, but I was too busy biting. So she's standing over there and I can tell she's gonna say something. So finally she steps in the middle of it and, you know, of course, we kind of, we stopped because otherwise she would have gotten hurt. And she just looks up, she says two things, and I never forgot it. She said, I don't care who started this or what it's about, but I will not live in a house with people who act like barbarians, comma, get out. And I'm, I'm thinking, it's Christmas Day, Mom. I can smell the eggs Benedict and the ham and all the stuff that's going to happen. I... Honestly, you guys, she kicked us all out and told us to go find other families for the day. And we did. We, like, showed up. I had to bring my sister, and we had to go up and, and show up and find these other families and did not get to come home until a lot later in the day and see our stuff that got redistributed, which I mean, was good. I mean, she ruled. She ruled it, and she, she didn't do it with brute. Yeah. And she didn't do it by yelling and swearing and being, like, you know, ruling her hand, she just is like, I'm just not gonna live like this. This is my territory. God has given me responsible over this, responsibility over this. Just get out. I'm, she probably had a great day too. Got to ask her what she did. I know she, she did. did. She probably did. I noticed her toes were painted when, when we got home. <laughs> that was the thing. You know, we may or may not have had a few stories like that ourselves, but you we're not have. gonna share them. It's, it's 
it's so much better if you get to share somebody else's story. Yeah, well, that was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so not only did God make Eve to have dominion, he also made Eve to have fruitfulness and to be a life giver by design. So first, we know Eve would carry life in her womb. Uh, women have wombs. Men don't. So she was going to carry life in her womb, and then she would sustain that life inside the womb mm. and outside the womb, which makes her, you know, that's more of like the nurturer side of her. But in Genesis 1.28, it says this, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. So part of multiplication is this birthing process. God made Eve to give birth, to give life. She was given a womb, and she births life into the world through her body. And we know that God, our creator, gives life. He gave life to everything in existence, and he made Eve to give life to the world. God spoke life into existence, and he created Eve to birth life into existence. And she is working with God in this partnership. In Genesis 2, she is called the mother of all the living. And every woman after her, every one of us, has been given this image-bearing quality. All throughout scripture, we see the women of the Old Testament and the New Testament playing this integral part in history where you see even in genealogies, the father of and the mother of. So there would be no life without women giving birth and we give life. But this isn't just in biology and Susan and I were talking about this. This is how we live out our existence. We bring forth life out of the people around us, even through the way we act and the way we speak. This is to really see people and speak life into them. It's that stirring inside and you felt it to take just a moment to say something to someone or to do something for someone that you know was directly from God. Um, you know, for me, I know recently um, during the pandemic, we have, uh, Craig and I have gone to a restaurant a couple of times and there was this one um, server and every time I looked in her eyes, I could see just anxiety. And I, um, I just asked her, I said, how are you? I looked into her eyes, I said, how are you? And her eyes just kind of, kind of honestly brightened up a little bit and then just said, um, you know, it's been really hard. My husband and I moved from Florida to Michigan during the pandemic with our 14-year-old daughter. And I'm thinking like, I have 14-year-old daughters and that is so, so hard. And I just, I just said to her, I'm like, it's gonna be okay. And you know what? God's got you and he sees you and it's gonna be okay. And I just felt in that moment like God wanted me to affirm that he saw her and he saw her circumstances. We speak life into people. And you know, women, we birth life, we bring forth life, we call out life. It is the way we're living out God's image. But we also, like I said before, nurture that life. We do, and I am so thankful that Nicole is so steeped in theology and using great scripture, because you will then understand my John Lennon reference for nurturing, all right? Um, you guys throw up the quote. So John Lennon said, we've got this gift of life, but love is like a precious plant. You can't accept it and leave it in the cupboard or just think it's going to get on by itself. You've got to keep watering it. You've got to really look after it and nurture it. That nurturing quality that we've been given is such a beautiful thing, and you can see it. And all of us right away, right, as we're thinking about this, can think about those people in our lives who have been nurturing toward us. It's really important, uh, a part of who God created us to be. In John 15, 12, the, the commandment is given to love one another. And 
to love is to nurture. It's to help people along. It's to help people develop. It's a very important part of who we are. It's, it's a very important part to humanity. So as we're, you know, each day we're giving these opportunities just to nurture one another and to care and to see. And like you said, when you locked eye, eyes with that woman, how mm -hmm. like she brightened up mm -hmm. because somebody saw her and somebody cared about her. Mm -hmm. So the word nurture actually is, it comes from the word nurse. And what do nurses do, right? They make us better. They nurture us. They, they help us get out and healthy and, and go out and go and be on our way. So that's a really important word, nurture. And El Shaddai is the mother heart of God. El Shaddai is a word for God from the Old Testament. El means strong, and Shaddai is a form of the word breast. So El Shaddai means the strong, the, it's the mother heart of God, and it's the strong-breasted one. And you know what? I could say something right now, but I'm just not going to. Oh, okay. I'm not, but <laughs> if you guys know me and want to hear it, come find me in the lobby. <laughs> Um, well, sometimes our studies got a little like we had to. Oh, rabbit trail. Okay, bring it back. Just a little. Um, yes. So um, you know, I was thinking about this nurturing thing, and I have my own funny story. Um, last summer, Craig and I were in Grand Haven, and we were on a couples-only trip, and we went. We were at the beach, and then we went out into the water, and we were out in the water, and I, just in the like in the peripheral. I saw these two young men who were like to my son Tobin's age and they were very fair skinned. And you know, we were all playing like Frisbee and stuff. And, um, and I could just continue to see them in the water and they were getting like light pink, pink, hot pink. And I was thinking, you know, they look like they might be in pain tonight. Um, and I was, I was very fair-skinned as a child, so I used to get second and third-degree burns when I was little. I actually said to my mom, I'm like, why didn't you use sunblock? She goes, it didn't exist. I'm like, what? I don't, I don't know. Okay, anyways. So, so I'm sitting there, and as these boys walk out of the water next to me, I go, hey, just so you know, you're getting a little red, and you might want to put on some sunblock. And Craig's thinking like, what are you doing? Why are you talking to these boys coming out of the water? And I said, they look like they're going to be in pain tonight. Well, Five minutes later, those boys show up at our sun tent. Do you have any sunblock? And I was like, <laughs> so I handed on my sunblock. It was my very nurturing moment with them. And, um, and, I said, and then I said, I spoke life into them. I said, you know, you might want to get a bottle of sunblock and put it in your backpack for the whole summer long. It will really benefit you. That's so. good. And, and what school did they represent? Michigan State. That's right. They so were I'm from fine Michigan that State. she gave them the sunblock. <laughs> Otherwise... I think you should have held on to it, but it worked out that way. All right, you guys, I'm going to talk for just a minute about what it means to be a helper. So, so far, we've, we've looked at some things where, what is our dominion, right? So, what's the territory the Lord has given us? And that, as women, is, there's, it's a huge territory. The world needs that. They need, they need our love. We've looked at what it means to nurture, and now we're going to look at what it means to be a helper. And I don't know about you, but one of the very first scriptures that I read that I definitely had to take some time with came out of Genesis 2.18. Mm -hmm. You guys want to throw that up? Then the Lord said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. Now, it looks good, and I like the partner word. That's good. But the helper word, I did not love. I was like, um, I, th I felt like I was meant to be more than just a helper. And, and in my mind at that time, 
I felt like helper kind of represented somebody who's sitting on the bench or Mm -hmm. kind of an optional player. But as I really understood it and looked into it, I realized that sometimes words get lost in translation. So the word helper is actually from the Hebrew word, azer. And an azer is a person of strength. It is the mother heart of God. It is a person of strength, a person who protects, and a person who helps. And it's a partner. It's a beautiful partnership gift that the Lord has given us as women Mm. to come alongside. Because really, why do we need a helper? We need a helper because we can't do it by ourselves, right? So we each need each other in this design. And that is the beauty in which God has designed us, man and women, is to partner in each other's strengths. Mm -hmm. So I now am pretty comfortable with that word helper. And as long as it's Mighty Warrior, I'm good. And it's, you know, (laughs) strong-breasted one and stuff. It's good. Yeah. You good too, Nicole? Yeah. Okay. You know, as I was wrestling through this message today, um, the passage that really stood out to me was a passage that Craig preached about a couple weeks ago, which was the story of Moses. And, um, you know, as I was at home, because I was, I was preparing to take the girls to a soccer game, and so I wasn't able to make it that morning, but as I was sitting listening to Craig, this is me. I get very territorial and competitive <laughs> about the Bible. That, I know, that's very... So Craig's preaching, I'm like, that's mine. I was going there. This, in two weeks, I'm going there. So it's okay. It's okay. Because he went in a different direction than I went in. So I am going to hopefully help us see the backstory to the story of Moses. Because to be honest with you, it involved a lot of women. So if you remember the story, there was two Hebrew midwives. Their names are Shifra and Pua. And um, they were commanded by Pharaoh to kill every baby boy who was born. And they defied Pharaoh, like mama bear. They defied Pharaoh. That's very courageous. By saying, this is crazy to me, that the Hebrew women, they just deliver so quickly that we just can't get there in time. I mean, and that flew. I mean, that excuse flew, you know. He wasn't smart. Um, So to me, they were defending and rescuing the lives of these babies and intervening for these Hebrew mamas. And it says that they were blessed by God by being given families of their own. So listen, before the nation was saved through Moses, it was saved through these two women defying Pharaoh. The second was there was Josheved. She was the mother of Moses. She gave birth under Pharaoh's orders when anyone, and Craig talked about this, could have taken that child and killed him. And then she hides him for three months. So, I mean, I don't know how you hide a kid for three months. I mean, Moses must have been like the meekest child or something, because I don't know how you muffle that cry for three months. Tylenol PM. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, And then she coats a basket with tar and puts him in the river, in the reeds. It's as if she's praying over him in this moment. God, watch over him, protect him, save him. And then, you know, to me, she was just really, she was trying to rescue her son's life and make a way for his future. She was that azer in that moment. Then there's Miriam. You have Miriam, the older sister. She's hiding in the reeds. And she's looking over her brother, this nurturer. And there was something in her that had to make sure her baby brother was okay. I mean, she watched and she waited to see what would happen. And then she saw, honestly, the hand of God. Because when she saw that Pharaoh's daughter had picked Moses up 
from the water, she stepped forward and put herself out there courageously and offered that she could go get her mother, which was Joshebed, to nurture the child. So she intervened for her mom so that she could nurture her own child. And then there's Pharaoh's daughter. She drew Moses up from the water and she actually did save his life. She could have taken his life at that very moment. She could have called for a guard. She could have called for anybody and taken his life. But she took him in as her own, this life giver. She took her in, him in as her own to be raised up and nurtured by her for the rest of his childhood and his teenage life. So long before Moses took his place in God's plans, the saving strength was in the hands of several women. Isn't that crazy? It's pretty crazy. I love, I'm so thankful that you shared those stories with us because there are so many stories like that in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. that you can easily pass by and just not even see like the incredible gifting, the mother hearts that these women were demonstrating. So those were pretty great. You know, you guys, I don't know about you, but I'm looking out in this room, and some of you I know, and I know that you all have stories where you have had opportunities to step in to pretty significant things. Like these women, these midwives, who had to be terrified. Mm -hmm. They had the confidence, and they did it. I want to encourage you today to to have that confidence and to be bold and to step into the intricate, beautiful, strong design that God created for us as women. I want you to do it at home and in your church. I want you to do it in your workplace. Do it at Kroger. Just speak words of life and be a person that brings light and life to others. That's what God created us to do. Mm-hmm. I also think that there's a few things that I'd like you to, I wanna ask, can you guys throw up the question screen? I kinda went in front of it. You guys, pull out your hands. Everybody, you guys bring them? Okay, here they are. All right, I want you to look at them. Flip them around a little bit. Everybody, are they old? Are they young? Are they calloused? Are they soft? These are hands that allow you to do a lot of things in your life. And God has given you these hands and your heart to come alongside him and grab some territory. So each day, I want you to think about the following. I want you to think about what's my territory today, God? Mm -hmm. What dominion have you called me to? What responsibility are you asking me to take? How are you going to give life to the world in the words you speak? Not simply by bearing a child, which is not that simple or fast. No. To your point of the midwife thing. Um, How are you nurturing the people in your life? How are you caring for them, supporting them, helping them, developing them? And how are you a helper, savior to those that the Lord has placed in your sphere of influence? Those are the things that God's asking us to do and has equipped us to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just, we want to give our rally call to this. That is the rally call. It's like, go. Yes. Do it. Yes. Own your identity, your creator who knows you better than anybody else. Get out there. Don't be afraid. So if you've been pushed and you've tried, you've tried to push in to be pushed back and you've kind of like, oh, I tried that. You got to try again. You got to push into it. God created us to do so much for him. He's given us the authority, the strength, everything that we need. Yeah. Women, there's an int- intricate design that you need to live out and you need to just bring this into the world. So we really are hoping that you're hearing that today and that you're going to own that. Yeah, and I think they are going to be coming up yep. to take this stuff away. But we, um, you know, Susan asked me to just kind of share, for me personally, where I've been on this journey a, a little bit more. And just to say, you know, for me, I have been struggling. We sang a, a song earlier about God. Um, 
I know for me earlier, I have been working through the whole concept of lion and lamb. I think for me, it's been one of those things that I said before where it's like strength is, is weakness. But I, as I started to really encounter God and really started to see myself through the, through the eyes of scripture and really look into that mirror and see the reflection of God, I'm okay with being a lion, a lioness in the world around me if it's in him. And I'm okay with being a lamb. I'm okay with being meek and gentle and humble because there's place for both. And I just, I just wanna say to you today that I hope that we helped you see yourself the way God sees you. Honestly, the way God made you in Eden. Perfection, good, it was good. So today we just pray that. We pray that over you. We pray that you would see yourself the way God sees you as, an, as the Imago Dei, image bearer of God.
Oh, Kaylee, thank you, you guys. And yes, I am a child of God, and so are you. So to all of you, I want to ask you, if there is someone in your life, a mother, a spiritual mentor, a woman who has had some amount of influence in you, please pick up the phone and call her today and just thank her for that gift that she has given your life. You guys, be good to one another. Our prayer team is right over there to your left. If you guys need prayer, we've got some great people back there who would love to pray for you. And you know what? We're just so grateful that you came. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Enjoy your day. See ya. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.